Yep. <clears throat> All right. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Sandlot Baseball Podcast with Matt Toot and Tom Snertia. Today is our third episode and our finals of the season previews. Today we're going to be going over the West Division. Um, a lot of excitement, especially at the top in the NL West. I think Tom and I are both pumped to get into the conversation about the two headliners in the NL West. And uh, let's say what's up to Tom. What's going on, everybody? Good to be back. This this show has slowly become the highlights of my week because really, like I said in the, in the first episode, baseball has just become such a favorite part of like my year. Just obviously it takes up almost half the calendar year, but just talking about it, you know, I love, I love my Yankees more than, more than anything in the world, but really baseball as a whole has just become a big passion of mine, you know, and just when two hit me up about this, I was so excited to actually be able to do it. And here we are having a blast. And these are just the previews. We're not even like getting into the, the crazy stuff yet once the season starts. So lots of fun ahead. Like Toot said, the NOS is ridiculous, but we will not do, we will not get there yet. We're going to start off with the American league to take it off. Yeah. So today we're going to be focusing on the American league and National League Western divisions. Uh, we're going to start with the American league since last week uh, with the central, we started out in the national league. And the first team I want to kick it off with today is the Seattle Mariners. Tom. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Seattle Mariners, I feel like, they, whenever I think of them, obviously we all think of Ichiro Suzuki and, you know, the golden days with him, but they just really, they haven't really been it. They, I think, what was it, 2019, they started off like 19 and two or something. They had that crazy stretch after that, after they started off in those games in Japan. I don't know. You know, again, they're in Seattle. We don't really watch them much against, I guess, for me, if the Yankees are playing them or for two, if the Red Sox are playing them. So, you know, they have some guys, you know, they have, they have guys like D Gordon. They brought James Paxton back. They have uh, Justice Sheffield, who they got from the Yankees when they when they sent Paxton over there. They still got Kyle Seager, right? Yeah. D Gordon is not on the team anymore, though. No? What no. team is he on? Or is he just not on a team? No, he is, but he's not on the Mariners anymore. Well, everyone, that just perfectly shows that I know <sighs> nothing about the Mariners, but, and honestly, rightfully so. I mean, you know, they're, when, when you look at – I feel like this is another kind of top-heavy division because, you know, there's two teams that are going to be fighting for it every year, and then maybe a third team makes makes a Cinderella appearance. But Seattle's not it. Uh, again, they're one of the rebuilding teams in baseball, which, as we've already said, rebuilding a baseball is probably the hardest and longest thing to do in sports. Um, don't really know how good they're going to do. But you never know. You never know in baseball. We'll see what happens. But Seattle, I mean, it sucks because Seattle is such a passionate sports city. You know, they have the Seahawks who are always competitive every year. They lost their basketball team. They have a hot, they have a hockey team coming, but I don't know. (laughs) That's basically where I'm at. You know, the Mariners are nothing, nothing to, you know, keep an eye out for, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, uh, when it comes to the American League West and looking at more of the bottom dwellers, the Mariners are probably my the team I get most excited about just because of some of the young talent they've brought over in deals. Um, I mean, of course, they had the rookie of the year last year, Kyle Lewis, uh, who really obviously burst onto the scene, won a rookie of the year. Um, they brought over Taylor Trammell, um, who was involved in some uh, trades for big name players. And he, he looks to be a good, very good prospect. And then of course they have um, the main guy I'm excited about. Don't know if he'll break camp with the Mariners yet or not, but uh, Jared Kalinick, they brought over from the deal with the Mets for Robinson Cano and uh, Edwin Diaz. And Kalinick's a guy that I know a lot of my friends who are Mets fans are pretty upset that they let go because he promises to be one of those, prospects that is destined to be great in this league and you know i'm i'm excited to see where this mariners team goes over the next few years uh been a while since they've been in the playoffs i think 2001 was the last time the mariners were in the playoffs wow um if my memory serves me correct so i mean obviously that's not back until prime Ichiro days mm-hmm. um but you know i've always i've always enjoyed the mariners um even when they've been bad, I've been out to Seattle to see a game. Um, great ballpark. They have great fans. Um, I was out back there um, in the mid-2000s, back when King Felix was 
mm-hmm. at his prime. And I mean, they really, they are really passionate about Seattle sports when Seattle sports teams are good. And, um, you know, I definitely excited to watch the Mariners baseball this year, Justice Sheffield also, um, who I believe was a Yankees prospect at one point, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah. That, that's who they sent over for uh, Paxton. Yeah, that's right. A lefty. Um, you know, I mean, pa- at the time when they traded for Paxton, Paxton was a, the top of the line pitcher. So uh, obviously Justice Sheffield had some potential in him and uh, definitely like to see where that potential leads Justice uh, Sheffield with the Mariners. So, I mean, the Mariners aren't going to be competing this year. I don't think that's a shock to anyone, but I'm definitely excited to see where this team goes because I think they do have a lot of young untapped potential Um, headlined by Kyle Lewis right now. But I think uh, when Jared clinic gets called up, I think he will easily take over the show with the Mariners. And I'm excited to see that because from everything I've seen from the kid, I'm already a fan and he hasn't even played an inning of big league baseball yet. Well, you definitely just got me a little bit more excited, obviously. Again, you're not going to watch them to watch them win the game. You just you're going to watch them to see you know the young guys get on base, make crazy plays in the field. So also, I, I should mention Julio Rodriguez, another young prospect that uh, the Mariners are definitely keying into. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a lot younger. Um, he is. He's only 20, so uh, another young outfield prospect. So the Mariners outfield, uh, at least in terms of in the next couple of years is looking like it's got a lot of potential, which is exciting. Well, yeah. I mean, I clearly, from my response, I knew nothing about this team, but that's – listen, for for a rebuilding team, to, to have as many promising names that you just listed, that's – clearly that they have a path. They're headed in the right direction. So the, the future should be definitely brighter for them, which is nice. 2001 is crazy that that's the last time they made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. I Don't quote me. I'll look real quick, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that, that was the last time. Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember them anytime soon. That's yeah, great. because I don't think they made it with uh, King Felix at all, which is unfortunate right. for him because oh, I mean King was. Felix was one of the most dominant pitchers um, in recent memory of our generation, at least yeah. coming up um, as when we were in like middle school. Right. He was absolutely dominant. Yeah, two thousand one. That's crazy. So it's been nineteen years. Uh, well, 20. 20 and counting this uh, this yeah, coming season yeah, if they don't make it, which. We're presuming they won't. Um, All right, let's shift gears here to our next team. Um, Let's go to Texas uh, and specifically the Texas Rangers. We'll get to Houston later. Um, Mm -hmm. The Rangers, another team uh, like the Mariners, kind of going through a weird rebuilding stage. I really don't think they'll compete this year. This team's, it's odd to me. Um, You know, they still have Joey Gallo, of course, who has – slowly blossomed into more of a household name um, just for the pure fact that he hits moonshots and (laughs) does it somewhat consistently, but also strikes out a lot. Um, They brought over David Dahl, um, Chris Davis from the athletics. They brought in um, Chris Davis struggled last year a lot with the, the A's wasn't um, the consistent Chris Davis that we had come to known for the past three years. Yeah. He wasn't crush. Yeah, no. And they also shipped off um, Lance Lynn, who was their best pitcher last year. Um, in return, they got Dane, Dane Dunning, um, made a couple of starts last year with the White Sox, young prospect uh, with a decent amount of upside. I mean, this team to me is just really just kind of there. Like, I, <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like they're I, – I'm. The Rangers, I know a little bit less about when it comes mm-hmm. to their prospects. Um, I know a little bit more about the Mariners than I do the Rangers. Um, and from what I can see, it's it's almost like they're they're holding on to some guys that maybe they should move. Um, but to, do they to still me, have Odor. Yeah, they do. Uh, Rubenet Odor. They brought over Brock Holt too, which I might tune into a few more Mar- uh, Rangers games just because of Brock Holt. Mm-hmm. Um, big Brock Holt fan from the, his time with the Red Sox. Um, Seems to be a great guy from everything I've heard. So yeah. definitely might tune into some Rangers games just to see some some of Brock Holt. But other than that, the Mariners or the Rangers really don't intrigue me that much. It's there's not enough uh, for me at least, not enough buzz around um, any of these guys. I mean, of course, I'm always down to watch some Joey Gallo home runs. But oh yeah. Um, other than that, this this seems kind of meh to me. Um, I don't think they'll compete. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts, Tom? 
Yeah, I mean, another another bad team. I'm not going to waste too much time on them. They, uh, I've been to uh, back in our junior year of high school. So that was 2016, um, 2015, 2016. I went out to Texas for the Giants-Cowboys game. And uh, on Saturday, we, we, we went to the Texas Rangers game, obviously at the old stadium now because now they have the beautiful Globe Life Park. Uh, fun game, like. The, the, the fans of Texas are just even for, across all the sports, like they're just like, you know, they're, they're those good fans. Like they, they welcome guests. It's just, it's always a fun time. Obviously you hear the classic Texas accents, which are always interesting to hear for after being at Yankee stadium, 10 games out of the year when I go. So, uh, but I mean like th- this team, I mean, when you think of, when you think of the Rangers, at least when I think of them, I think of, which I actually looked it up. It's 10 years ago now when they lost to St. Louis in the world series. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was a good team. Uh, yeah. But they just, like you said, they're kind of, I think, it, I think it's, it's the big cities that I think have the hardest time admitting to fans when it's time to, you know, rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. Burn I- shop and re- like, just sell the, like just sell everybody and rebuild. Um, which is confusing to me, especially in Texas's case. I mean, um, I don't think, you know, Texas obviously breeds a lot of young baseball talent, but mm-hmm. it's just confusing to me because they, they put all this money into a new stadium. And I also want to mention, I'm pretty sure there's going to be the only stadium at full capacity for opening day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I read that somewhere, but, uh, global life field will be at full capacity for opening day, which, um, I might tune into the start of that game just to yeah, see that because it's going to be rocking. It, it's been a minute since we've seen a, a packed stadium, uh, which will be cool to see. But yeah, it's just weird to me because Texas hasn't hasn't really been good since the the mid two thousand tens. Yeah, and it's almost like, well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go out and spend money, or right. are you going to go through a rebuild where you try to bring in some uh, young prospects? And it's just like they're almost in a a hazy state where they haven't really fully committed either way. Yeah. And they're not really, I think they've, they've got, I think they've waited so long that now they're at the point where they don't really have anybody Mm -hmm. high value in terms of getting a big package back. Yeah. I mean, minus Joey Gallo at this point, right. There's like nobody else. And and Gallo, even Gallo, like Gallo struggles uh, has struggled of course in his career with strikeouts. Yeah. Um, Cause that's just the nature of, uh, what he does at the plate but mm-hmm. even then like you'd get a decent return for Gallo at uh, like a trade deadline deal but you know it's it's just kind of confusing what to, they're doing um and honestly I it's kind of naive of me to say that because they could have some young prospects that I don't right. know about but um yeah no t- Texas is just kind of weird to me and what they're doing with their uh with their team so I think the best way to say it, and then we'll segue right over to LA. I think the the best, the most exciting thing about the Rangers will be them having a full stadium yeah, <laughs> all year. Probably. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. So, you know, what, up, into, ever, up until other teams allow it, but yeah. Right. So for the early parts of the season, if they're ever playing a really good team, like just tune in, cause you're going to get, you, you'll get to watch a really good team in a full, in a sold out stadium. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, that'll be awesome. But let's do a perfect segue into the, I guess the the LA the LA B team. You want to do right? the Angels? All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, all my my bad. I think you want no, to do the Angels. Right? We can um, do we can do the Angels now. I don't care. Yeah, let's do them now because Might as well since we already brought them up. Yeah, and you know we're everyone knows what we're going to talk about because there's only so much to talk about with them. But the Angels, man, what are they? It's, so it's obviously it's Mike Trout, the best that we've ever seen, mm-hmm. and you know they got guys like Shohei Otani. They got Anthony Rendon, who's one of the best hitters in the league. Other this, than that, I mean, uh, this Angels team, I think it's going to depend on how their <laughs> pitching is for them. But yep, the pitching story is back. The American League West has gotten a little bit weaker uh, this offseason. Definitely. Um, the of course the Athletics lost some guys in Simeon and Hendricks. Um, Verlander is going to be out for Houston. So mm-hmm. this definitely could be a jumping point for the Angels to make a push to the playoffs. Um, I mean, their starting pitching includes Otani, hopefully, which I'm pumped for Otani. I'm a big mm-hmm. Otani fan. Um, Alex Cobb, they brought over Jose Quintana, um, mm-hmm. Ty Buttry, possibly Dylan Bundy, who 
Um, some of these guys had sneaky, sneaky yeah. decent years last year for the Angels. Um, it's just going to be a matter of can they be consistent throughout the whole year? And we say this, we've said this a lot about a bunch of teams, but it's really true. I mean, it's, you know, last year was such an anomaly with the shortened season. Yeah. That this year, the, the um, imperfections of teams' rotations is really going to show this year more than it did last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what this Angels team can do. Uh, they lost Simmons, Andrelton Simmons, but they brought over Jose Iglesias. I, I feel like they kind of profile out as the same player, um, both plus uh, plus defensive players um, with decent bats at times. Um, of course, not a, not a high production at shortstop out of either of the two guys offensively. Um, yeah, Simmons was good at defense. Yeah, and so is Iglesias. I don't want to take mm-hmm. anything away from him. He's been a very solid fielder at the big league level for his entire yeah. career. Um, David Fletcher had a great year for the Angels last year. Um, Pujols, uh, <laughs> who knows what you'll get out of him. Uh, Albert still kicking. It's yeah, it's it's kind of sad to see Albert Pujols in the state he is because you know Tom and I when we were growing up, Albert Pujols was like a god when it the came to how good he was um, with the Cardinals. Um, so, you know, it'd be nice to see if, if this turns out to be Albert, there have been rumors that Albert might be done after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if this were to be his last year, it would be great to see him go out in the postseason with the angels. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, Mike Trout, you know what you're going to get out of him every year, more than likely an MVP caliber season. It's just a matter of if someone else blossoms and somehow propels himself past him for one season, but. You know, you know, you're getting MVP type production out of him as long as he stays healthy. And of course, Otani um, has looked good on the mound in spring training, um, hitting the ball well. I'm pumped to see hopefully a full season out of Otani as a two way guy. Yeah. Um, I know personally, I'm going to be tuning in when Otani's on the mound. Absolutely. Um, just to see even a flash of his brilliance. I'm really hoping Otani can stay healthy this year and have a, a great year. Cause I think if Otani stays healthy, the angels really do have a shot this year in this. Absolutely. In this this, division. I think cause they haven't made the playoffs since 2014. That's the only time Trout's ever made it to the playoffs. And, but I guess even though the pitching still isn't what it needs to be, you're right. This is, this is the best shot they have to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again, Trout's Trout's finished top two in MVP voting. Six of his nine of the nine full seasons he's played. That first that first year, he only played forty games because obviously he was nineteen years old. But ever since then, I'm not counting last year because 2020 had all kinds of crazy stuff. But all those other years, he finished top two six out of nine times. Yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. And re- really, I mean, he, he probably could have won more than more than the three times he's won. Um. And at that point, you know, he's, he's, he's like the pace, the pace he's on. And I think he's just about to turn 30. Like it's on, it's unreal. He's averaging above 30 home runs every single year. When you average everything out, he's, he's, he's going to want, I think he's going to wind up with 500 home runs. He's going to obviously wind up with, with 3000 hits. Like just Trout's just Trout's Trout's quietly, which I actually, I wrote an article about this. Like I told you before we, before mm-hmm. we record from internship, I wrote an article about how Mike Trout is the greatest player we never see. Obviously, that's more of an East Coast fan take because I'm right. The Angels are never on national TV. Obviously, they haven't made the playoffs in a long time, so we never get, we never get to see Trout in the playoffs. So when it when it comes down to it, especially now that he signed that huge deal, when all said and done. In my opinion, he will be the greatest player to ever play baseball. And we're like never going to have seen the upper majority of his career, which is really sad. And yeah. then, you know, and then you look, you look at a guy like Pujols, baseball is actually, it, it kind of, it, it kind of saddens me because obviously baseball is pro- baseball and hockey, I guess, which you wouldn't think hockey at first, but it really is baseball and hockey are kind of the two sports you can play the longest. So like, but for me, it kind of, it doesn't obviously bring them down, but it kind of, like you said before about Pujols, when we were young, Pujols was the baddest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like they, they called him the machine for a reason. The guy was, the guy had probably one of the smoothest, almost looking, almost like one-handed looking swings ever. 
and then came to, came to LA on that huge deal. Still did good when he was young, but now like like when you said his name before, it hit me. I'm like, this guy's still playing. Yeah. So, so like you said, they gotta just do it for Albert at this point. Yeah, it's unfortunate to see uh, that Albert's career has kind of gone like this. I mean, you look at like a guy like uh, Nelson Cruz, right? Who has started to like. Not, not, I'm not going to say excel, but he's, Re- I mean, he has his his career, as, his, as his age has gotten older. And right. um, even like David Ortiz uh, in his last season put up right. unbelievable numbers. And Albert just hasn't been able to do that um, because of injuries. And yeah. it's just unfortunate to see um, that out of Albert. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think the Angels have a shot this year. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be the, um, the best records in the world coming out no. of the West to begin with. So I think, you know, there, there could be a three team scrum at the top um, with the angels, the A's and the Astros. Um, and it's just going to be a matter of which team outlasts the other. Cause I, I don't necessarily think that we're going to see a wild card team come out of the, um, the West, but you never know. Um, and uh, we might as well segue this into the other team from California. Um, let's go up to Oakland and talk about the Oakland A's. Yeah, so yeah, so Oakland. I mean, they're. I think outside of obviously the AL East, because I don't like anybody from the AL East. Obviously, besides my Yankees, I think the A's are one of my more exciting teams to watch, just because of what they do with how little money they have. Obviously, mm-hmm. whoever whoever hasn't read read the book or seen the movie Moneyball definitely should do so. It's about the former A's GM Billy Bean and you know, the whole, really the whole analytics movement that we now see across many teams in the league today, they, Oakland has no money. So obviously, you know, they can't be, they can't be signing guys like Trevor Bauer or like Mookie Betts and stuff. So um, they find those guys, which really it's, it's what Tampa has been doing too. You know, Oakland, they find these guys that are very inexpensive contract wise and they do the little things like, uh, the the bet the best quote from that movie is he gets on base, so mm-hmm. you know, and now it's crazy because not only do they have guys that like just do what they have to do, they're good. They they found Matt Chapman, who I think I think you said it last week when we talked about Arenado. Him and Arenado are like a one-two, basically coin flip. Like you're satisfied with either one of them as the best third baseman in baseball. And then you know they had a guy like Marcus Simeon who's now in Toronto. But Matt Olson mashes baseballs, mashes baseballs. And, you know, you, you know, you got Ramon Laureano out in center and pitching. Sean Manea isn't, isn't a slouch in the rotation. They had Liam Hendricks. They lost him. That's probably going to be their biggest loss because that was, that was one of the best relievers in yeah. baseball. But when you talk about, when you talk about a team, obviously we saw last year, they're a team that takes full advantage of a 60 game season because, you know, a team that does the little things can thrive in a small sample size. It's kind of hard to do that in a larger sample size of a full 162, but the A's are in the playoffs. I know they lost to Houston, but the A's are fun to watch just because you don't know, unless you really like do a roster dumpster dive, you don't know who any of these guys are and they're good. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the A's are one of those teams that is sneaky good every year, every um, year. And they just fly under the radar until they make the playoffs. Um, looking at their pitching, they brought in Trevor Rosenthal, who um, ended the year with the Padres, having a very good year for them. So that'll kind of help that back end of the bullpen. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, it's no guarantee. Um, and with how good Liam Hendricks has been over the past few years, uh, that's definitely not the best loss in the world for them to lose a guy like Hendricks. Um, and the rotation, you're looking at guys like Manaya, uh, Frankie Montas, who's been pretty solid, the young guy like Jesus Lazardo, who has a lot of upside, Mike Fires, who's been solid throughout his career. Um, so they definitely have solid guys. Chris Bassett, who had a good year last year. Um, they, they definitely have a solid base of pitching. It's just going to be a matter of, is it going to be Enough. solid consistently? Right. Um, and then in terms of offense, I mean, Matt, we know Matt Olson and Matt Chapman are the dominant pieces of this lineup they also brought over mitch moreland um, forgot about that yep. mitch throughout his career has raked in oakland um for whatever reason always seems like he hits very well in oakland 
also brought over Elvis Andrews to fill the role at shortstop, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, isn't necessarily uh, turning the needle for me. Elvis is a guy who is definitely back when the Rangers were good. Elvis Andrews was a very oh, solid was, shortstop and produced for them. But nowadays, Elvis Andrews leaves a little bit to be desired when it comes offensively. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're an interesting team. Guys like Mark Canna, who produced for them last year and has produced consistently for them. They're a team with like a lot of guys that, you know, aren't household names, but seem to be um, productive when it matters. So they're, they're the team that is going to be under the radar. And then we're going to look up in September and it's going to be the Oakland A's are going to make the playoffs. Yep. So I wouldn't be shocked to see the A's make the playoffs again. Um, I think it's definitely not a guarantee like it has been in the past two years right. that they'll make the playoffs, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the A's in the playoffs. Because like the Tampa Bay Rays over the past few years, they, they're just consistent and find a way to be in the mix at the end of the season. And that's pretty much it on the A's. I mean, they're just, to me, they're like a consistent under-the-radar team that sneaks in and does it by playing the game the right way and playing hard. So we, you got anything else on the A's? Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. real quick, I think you said it best. They're going to be that team that you're not going to pay attention to all year. They're going to win games. They're going to lose games. They're going to go on a hot streak. They're going to go on a cold streak. And then you like, you're going to do a, you're going to blink in August and then beep boop up. They're a playoff team. Yeah. Which that that's really how it is. And honestly, that's awesome. Like I, I love when mm-hmm. teams do that. Like you don't hear about them at all, all year. And then boom, come October, they're right there, ready to go. And yeah, let's segue right into the Astros. I'm going to have you start because if I start, it, it'll I could go on for days. So the Houston Astros heading into 2021, to, let me hear it. All right. So the Astros, again, have been a model of consistency in the West over the past couple of years. Of course, this year they're going to be without Verlander, which is a big loss to their rotation because um, Verlander is a horse and is a dominant pitcher when he's out on the mound. But last year, they did it without Verlander for most of the time. And we looked up and the Astros were making a playoff push. And, you know, say what you want about Houston Astros and everything that's gone on. They're, they're a consistent team, and they have been for the past few years. They uh, just re-signed Lance McCullers the other day. They gave him an extension. So McCullers is going to be in Houston for a while. But, you know, their, their rotation is pretty solid. They got Granky, who has had his ups and downs in the latter half of his career, but is still a solid pitcher. Um, they brought over Jake Odorizzi, who has had a, a good couple past few years. Also, the, their bullpen's pretty good. They got Framer Valdez, who had started a couple games in the playoffs for them and came out of the bullpen a lefty. Um, doesn't throw particularly hard, but finds ways to get outs. So this rotation, to me, it's kind of like, almost like the Oakland A's. They just kind of throw together a rotation of solid guys that can get outs. And that's what you need at the big league level. And then in terms of their offense, you know, Bregman and Correa, um, they lost George Springer, of course, to Toronto. But um, Jordan Alvarez didn't play last year. But uh, Alvarez, so good. ever since he's been at the big league, all he's done is hit. So you got to be worried about that. Uh, Michael Brantley, of course, resigned. Kyle Tucker, a guy who had a good year last year for them. But, uh, you know, their offense is going to score runs. Yuli Gurriel, too. I forgot to mention him. Um, Altuve, of course, had a bad year last year, but um, who knows what we're going to see out of Altuve. Um, Personally, I'm a big Alex Bregman fan, regardless of everything that's happened with them. I know a lot of people hate that opinion out of me, but I've been a Bregman (laughs) guy ever since he was at LSU. So I still ride with him to today. I think he's a great ball player Um, and he plays with the chip on his shoulder, which I I do appreciate. Of course, Correa has been uh, in talks with the Astros about an extension. And they kind of gave him a laughable offer of uh, six years, 120 mil, which he turned down. So um, Carlos Correa's time in Houston could be coming to an end. But, you know, I think Houston's definitely a team that's going to compete in the AL West. I think it's a three-headed race between Houston, L.A., and Oakland. Um, And I don't think any of these teams are really going to run away with it, personally. Yeah, Yeah. this is going to be a division that's going to come down to – probably the final week and a half, two weeks of the season. Yeah. As, as I feel like it does, obviously, besides a couple of years ago when the Astros were unreal. Um, 
But the Astros, I mean, I'm sure after this is our third episode now, I'm sure everyone was kind of expecting this to happen along the way. I can't stand the Houston Astros uh, from top to bottom of the entire organization. Cannot stand them. Uh, obviously, as a Yankee fan, everyone knows why. I'm not going to get into it because that could be a whole th- a whole other thing we don't got to get into. But listen, I mean, I'm, I can hate them all I want, but, you know, like I will admit they're good. Like they're a team that, you know, Bregman's really a really good third baseman. I can't stand him, but he's a really good third baseman. Correa's a really good shortstop. We've seen what Jose Altuve can do at second base, even though last year was a bad year. But, you know, 2020 was weird, so you can't really take that too on a heavy basis. Altuve's probably one of the best second basemen in, in, the, in the sport, which he's like he's so small compared to, like, all the other second base. Like, when you look at him and, like, DJ LeMahieu, like, they're just – like, he's so small, but he's so – his his approach at the plate is something I've really paid attention to recently just because – when you see that kind of guy, you think like, oh, like he's just going to like, like he'll poke the baseball to the outfield and just get a hit. He can mash the ball. Yeah. So, you know, listen, they're good. They're going to be good. Obviously Verlander being out probably most of the year, if not the entire year is going to hurt them a lot because Verlander is as consistent as they come. Um, Alvarez is probably my favorite player on that team. One, because he wasn't there in 2017 to break my heart in game seven, but uh, also just cause he's young. And like you said, he, all he does is hit mm-hmm. all he does is absolutely cross the baseball. They have that. Uh, what was his name? You said Tucker, the rookie from last year, uh, Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Kyle really. Tucker. Um, so, you know, like they have some young guys coming in, obviously losing George Springer is going to hurt them a lot. I think we might see that maybe not in the beginning, but I think maybe like around when like June comes around, I think you you might feel George Springer's absence on that team, Definitely. but you know, Michael Michael Brantley's especially back. in the leadoff role, right? Exactly. You know, Springer in terms of leadoff hitters is probably one of the best in the sport. Um, listen, are the Astros going to win the division? Probably, but this isn't like this isn't the 2017-18 Astros that we were used to a few years ago. Uh, definitely sneaky, as we saw in 2020. You know, yep. everyone everyone wanted them to be or at least Yankee fans did, wanted them to be bad, bad, bad. They squeezed into the playoffs and found themselves in the ALCS. Yeah. So could that happen again? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Do I think it's going to? No. Um. Again, offense, an offensive team that's going to hit almost every night, and then it's going to be it's going to come down to their pitching, which they have the guys to do it. Mm-hmm. They're kind of a team that I I want to lose every single game. But obviously, as a as an unbiased as an unbiased approach, I know they're not. They're going to be good, but that rounds off. It's it's going to be a close division. No one's going to run away with it. Yeah, I definitely think it'll be close in the AL West. Well, let's go. Right, let's, let's go, go National Yeah. Let's start in the desert with the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is a team that will, I'll say it right now, will not be competing um, at the top of the NL West. Um, I don't really know where to go with this team. You know, they're just – they're kind of there. They're a place filler, uh, for me at least. Um, I mean, you got guys like Mad Bum still out there. Um, Zach Gallon, who had a pretty good year last year for them. Um, so, so, I mean, they got some decent pitching. Um, offensively, Cattell Marte had a bit of a down year last year, but um, I wouldn't give up on him having a good year this year. Of course, had a great 2019 season. Um, where he really bursted onto the scene as a switch hitting um, guy that can play pretty much everywhere. Um, so for me, Cattell Marte is the guy to watch here. But other than that, I'm not really too intrigued about them. Uh, Nick Ahmed, a great defensive player at short. But other than that, the, uh, the Diamondbacks really don't do it for me. Um, yeah. Tune in to watch some Cattell Marte. But other than that, there's not much going on with the Diamondbacks for me. Yeah, that's what that's uh, that's pretty much all I'm gonna say. So we can move on from them pretty quickly. You know, again, I only know this kid because of his card in MLB The Show. Mm-hmm. Kettle Marte is so good, plays so many positions. He's he's a great hitter. You know, he's got good vision. But obviously, as all baseball fans know, one guy's not gonna do it. Yeah, you know who they were a few years ago, you know, they had, they had JD Martinez, they had Paul Goldschmidt, obviously they had Kettle Marte. I think they also had Sterling Marte, right? 
They had Starling Marte last year, and then they Marte. dealt him to the Marlins at the trade deadline last right. year. Right. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on and on about a team that you're especially over in the East Coast. You're probably never ever gonna see or hear from. Yeah. Kettle Marte is really good. I kind of hope maybe if if the Diamondbacks want to do a full on tank, maybe dish him somewhere. It'd be nice to see him go to a uh, contender at the yeah. trade deadline. Go to a competitive team at the nowhere. deadline and watch him shine in October because that'll be awesome. But the Diamondbacks aren't anything special. Let's go. Do you want to do? Want to go to the Rockies? Yeah. Let's go. Let's and go. We'll, the- we'll end on the California teams. Yeah. So my thing with the Rockies is trade Trevor Story because I hate <laughs> seeing Trevor Story being wasted in Colorado now, especially that Arenado's gone. Free Trevor um, Story. I, I love watching Trevor Story play, and he really does go um, unnoticed, especially, um, you know, by East Coast fans that aren't in touch so much with the West Coast baseball. But Trevor Story is just so he, he does it all. He hits for power, hits for contact, fields, steals bases, has a great arm. He's, he's everything you look for in a baseball player. And he's just an elite shortstop that doesn't get enough recognition. You know, the Rockies are another team that is like half committing to this rebuild, half not kind of like the Cleveland Indians almost of the West. Um, you know, they still got Chuck Nasty, Charlie Blackman, um, <laughs> Trevor Story. Um, CJ Crone is over there now who's had a decent, uh, decent past few seasons. But other than that, I mean, the pitching is uh, it's really lackluster. Um, yeah. You got Herman Marquez, who um, has really been the best pitcher uh, almost in Rockies history since he's been with them. But other than that, it's it's a steep decline from there. Um, Daniel Bard, of course, came back to Major League Baseball last year and was a great story. Um, former Red Sox pitcher who was very good with the Red Sox for a few seasons and then suffered from almost like a case of the yips and just couldn't pitch anymore. Um, so it was nice to see Daniel Bard make a return. But other than that, the Rockies really aren't going to be going anywhere. So please get Trevor Story out of Colorado and get him on a good team because I really don't want to see any more of Trevor Story's uh, prime getting wasted away in Colorado when they're clearly not committed to putting a competitive team on the field. Uh, the Arenado trade really signals that you might as well get rid of Trevor Story at this point. Yeah, you know, the Rockies. The Rockies are a team where, one, we have to give it to them. They produce talent. Like they grow really good talent. I know. I know yeah, they DJ, have. I know DJ came from the Cubs, but like DJ LeMay, who really like built himself in Colorado, mm-hmm. and now look at him on the Yankees. And it's crazy. I don't know if it's the altitude or that it's the biggest stadium in the league. They can hit those guys. But like you can see, like I know they hit obviously at home, but like when they go to other ballparks, Blackman, Arenado, Story, DJ, those guys were raking. Yeah, the the, the really good players team. do hit wherever. It's not right. just the course so, effect. So now you know the fact that their infield at one point was Story, Arenado, and DJ, and now so you you have Blackman out in center field. You that's not really a bad team. To, like that's actually not a bad core at all to build around, yeah. but. The Rockies, again, they're they, they just need- had the unfortunate circumstance of when that when they were good, the Dodgers were just better, and that was the yeah. unfortunate circumstance for them. And that's the case for a lot of contenders out in the NL. But mm-hmm. so you know, for the for the for the Rockies, I mean, Arnado's gone. They didn't really get. I don't know prospects like you do, but I feel like they didn't get that sexy of a package back from. No, the re- the return for Arenado didn't really do anything for me. Um, which is unfortunate in the Rockies case, but I'm glad to see, like, like I want to see story gone. I'm glad to see Arenado out of uh, Colorado when they're not committing to putting a good enough team around these two once in a generation players at their position. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up because I don't want to keep wasting time on the Rockies. Mm -hmm. Trevor story has got to go because people will be, I know me and you mean, you know who he is and we watch, we watch him whenever we can people will be truly amazed to, to watch that kid play if he's on a like if he's playing in October when you yeah. see these kind of guys playing when the lights are brightest oh my god like you just i feel like the talent exemplifies so much more and i mean i feel like the last time story really got national light on 
like not outside of MLB network, because obviously MLB network is going to be committed to uh, covering every, every team mm-hmm. which went really when he first came up and was on that home run streak when he yeah. first uh, made his debut. But other than that, he's kind of gone by the wayside in terms of national recognition. And he's so much more of a complete player now, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when he first came up, it was, it was kind of home runner bust with him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously still had the speed and the defense, but he's really blossomed into a guy that uh, does more than just hit home runs. Yeah. So, so that's uh, it. That's yeah, that's all I got on him. Let's go. Um, let's go to the Bay Area again. Probably the, this is definitely the uh, the third best team in California. But <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I would not necessarily sleep on the Giants being playing either uh, you know a, a busting role for some team, or even maybe being a sneaky like a sneaky early season pick to make the playoffs um, yeah, as. As a wild card, as a wild card. Right, of course. A, a sneaky team because I think, you know, last year there were some flashes of them being pretty decent. Um, hmm. I, I love Mike Yaskremski. Um, Obviously a little biased there. His grandfather was a Red Sox legend, but I really do think Mike Yaskremski is a great player. Um, and they brought over Tommy Listella, who's been a pretty consistent player. Um Right now, he's not listed on the roster, which I'm pretty sure he will be on the big league roster, but um, they're catching prospect, which I'm now blanking on the name. Um, Joey Bart, um, who's a, a very good catcher and a great offensive catcher, but I think this team could be sneaky and play the role of a, a, uh, a playoff buster or something like that. Um, and maybe a, a long shot, but a sneaky long shot of maybe sneaking in that second wild card spot. But I, I personally like the Giants more than uh, I think most people may um, as a Definitely team <laughs> this year. But, you know, that's just my take as J.D. Martinez looks ridiculous on a uh, slider. That was not a good swing, but <laughs> let's get back to this. Um, Yeah, I mean, so the thing with the Giants, which – um, which is weird whenever I say that, obviously I think of the New York football giants, but like the thing with the San Francisco giants, it's kind of like, uh, like, I don't like, there's obviously teams like when they're bad, like, you know, you really feel for them. I know, like you said, the giants, the giants definitely hang around more than I think most people think they can. But listen, when you start off, when you start off the 2010s decade, winning three world series in five years, and you have, I think at that time, the best catcher in Buster Posey. Yeah, and, definitely. And having Madison Bumgarner, who I think put up the greatest postseason pitching numbers, I think at least me and you have ever seen. Obviously, mm-hmm. baseball has been around a very, very long time. But that was some of the most dominant things we have ever seen from a baseball team in, in a five-year stretch. You know, it's okay to not be as good for a little bit. But, uh, but like you said, they did not – like they did not – you know, sell everybody, go into full rebuild. And now, and now like you're looking, you're looking at them like, well, Jesus, is, is, this is the team that won three world series in five years earlier in the decade. Yeah. They're still hanging around. Obviously Buster Posey's getting old. Um, but. Yeah. I Buster's think, listed a catcher right now. I don't know how much catching he'll do. Um, right. But like you said, you know, they, they have yeah. the guys. Even and, Brandon Belt last year, I mean, uh, made a little bit of a resurgence in his career and had a pretty good season last year for them. Brandon Belt, they still have Brandon Crawford, right? Yeah. Yes, you know, like Brandon Crawford's no slouch at shortstop. He's actually probably one of the better defensive shortstops in the in baseball. Yeah, he's fallen off offensively, but defensively right. you can still kick it. So you know, in terms of in terms of a, I think like I think you said it perfectly with the Rockies. Like they're just not committed to putting out a competitive team. The Giants are like the Giants put out a competitive a competitive team each and every game. And like you said, I think they're going to be probably one of the better. They were um, a little, a little more underwhelming last year than I remember. They were uh, two games under 500 and ways back from the Dodgers, obviously, but, but, but like, but I think you said it perfectly though. They're going to be that perfect. I forget how you explained it. Like, like like, a a bracket buster almost. Exactly. Like Like, like they're going to playoff hopes like later in the year, you know, when the team we're going to talk about next, you know, the Padres, like what, when they're going to start needing to win games more in like September, like you, the, the giants will, you know, beat them maybe two games out of three in a series. And you'll be like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, 
the Giants, probably one of my favorite stadiums because you got McCovey Cove. Beautiful uh, stadium. And obviously, uh, they got the huge Coke bottle out in, out, out in left center. And whenever I think of the Giants, I, th- I think of Barry Bonds just mashing home runs. Yeah. Obviously, the Giants aren't that team, but they're probably one of the – I know we in, in, in these divisions, there's always a third team that like can come out of nowhere and win the division. Obviously, the Giants are not that, but I think they're one of the few, I guess, like you said, bracket buster teams in terms of just they know they're not going to make it far, but they will 100% ruin your day every chance they can. Yeah. So – Let's we'll obviously transition not, into uh yeah maybe the maybe two, the second team maybe the first team the and top dogs it's gonna be a race but let's go to San Diego first um Slam Diego Slam Diego definitely I'm kind of tired of that nickname honestly why um, uh, uh I don't know um but <laughs> uh of course the the biggest moves they made this off season were around the rotation which. Is a, is a bit of a hole they needed to fill. Now their rotation is looking like Blake Snell, Denelson Lamette, you Darvish, uh, Mike Clevenger, and what's uh, Chris Musgrove, Paddock. Chris and Paddock. Musgrove, too. And Musgrove, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the bullpen is still going to be solid. A lot of the same guys from last year. They lost um, Kirby Yates, though, right? Uh, yeah, Kirby Yates is now in Toronto. But Kirby Yates, didn't, uh, Kirby Yates was hurt last year. But oh. they have uh, Mark Melanson. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think who else out of the pen. Um, it, it, Emilio Pagan. Um, so their bullpen is definitely solid. And, of course, the Padres are Fernando Tatis and, and Manny Machado. Um, and then the, the surrounding pieces last year really produced uh, guys like Jake Cronenworth in his rookie season stepped up. Eric Hosmer had a bit of a uh, resurgence in his career as he's been left a little bit to desire uh, ever since signing that big contract after those two really good, or the, not those two, but the really good years in um, Kansas city. Um, and then the, the outfield again, solid Tommy fam jerks and profar will Myers, who was really good last year, Trent Grisham, who, which kind of Grisham kind of gets swept under the rug with this team, but Trent Grisham's a very solid player. Um, and obviously you got the flair of Tatis and Machado. I mean, Tatis, so the new cover athlete for the new MLB, the show, he's really turning into the the face of baseball. And um, he's an exciting guy to watch. Like story, you know, he does it all. Uh, hits for uh, contact, hits for power, fields, steals bases, is electric when he uh, is on the field. I mean, you see him do things that most guys don't even dare, like tagging up on infield flies and stuff like that. So, I mean, this team is going to be – this team's going to be a wagon, and they're really – they really did put together a team that um, is going to compete with the Dodgers, and it's going to be it's going to be very fun to watch the Padres and Dodgers go back and forth this year. Easily, my favorite. It's going to it's it already is obviously because it's going to be at the end. My favorite division race in mm-hmm. the entire sport um, because it sucks because obviously one of them is going to win the division, and then the other one's going to be a wild card team when really. Yeah. That I'm sure whoever doesn't win the division is probably better than almost every other National League division winner. I guess maybe besides if I guess if if the, if the Braves do really really good this year and come out of the uh, NL East, mm-hmm. but the Padres, dude, man, the fact that they so obviously talk about a team that co- obviously thrived and really set themselves up for the future from that 60 game season. Yeah, we didn't really know what they were going to be, you know, was Machado going to try and live up more to that huge contract he got? We knew Tatis was special, but were the other guys going to going to uh, do better? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 and yes. Yeah. And then, like you said, we saw when they lost, you know, they didn't really have the pitching to keep up with the Dodgers, but that didn't really – I'm sorry, but they took more than enough care of that in the offseason, traded for Blake Snell – and you Darvish it, yeah. when they got Snell, everyone was like, okay, now they can kind of keep up with them. And then within the next, I think 48 hours, they got you Darvish too. Yeah. The trades were almost back to back. And uh, you Darvish is a guy that finished second in Cy Young last year. That, that's what I mean. So, you know, the fact that I know, I know Clevenger had Tommy John, so I don't know what his situation is. Yeah. But the fact that you're one, you're one through three in, I guess, whatever order they want to do will be, could be Snell Darvish, 
Clevenger, and then obviously you have guys like Paddock, Musgrove, and the other guys you said. That's a I mean, deep. Lamette was great for them last year. And Him too. He's going like, to be right in the middle a, of that rotation. That's such a deep and talented rotation. Yeah. Some rotations are deep, but don't have really a couple of clear cut guys. That's a deep rotation with multiple, multiple headliner guys. headliner guys yeah. that you'll you want to pay to see. So you know, like to see, like what what's let's, let's say they're in a best of seven against the Dodgers. You know, obviously now the Dodgers got Trevor Bauer. We'll get into that next, but you'd have Bueller, Bauer, and Kershaw. And then you got, you know, Snell, Darvish, and Clevenger if he's back. That's an on that's those are probably the two best one through threes in baseball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, I don't think it is even really close with at least <laughs> thinking off the top of my head any other right um, top three of rotations and, around the league. But just to finish up my my little spiel on San Diego, I love the Slam Diego name. I want all the t-shirts, all the hoodies, all the flags, but they're probably, I think, the funnest team to watch because you have guys like Tatis who, like you said, can do anything. Yeah. Anything you think about in terms of playing baseball, he can do. And they have an $800 million infield with, obviously, Machado's big deal. Tatis just got the huge extension. Yep. And then uh, Hosmer got a big deal, too. Their second baseman is not bad. Is Cronenworth was very good last year. Right. So, you know, like, it's that's, just a matter of if he'll repeat it or not, but he, right. he was, he definitely proved. So and even if very, he's half of what he is, was last year, it's still very solid because yeah, they're not, it's, it's a, not like they're expecting the world out of the kid. Right. So that's a really solid infield. Like you said, they have the guys in the outfield who are no slouches out there. Yeah. And I mean, just, they're a really sexy team They're It sucks. They sucks that the division they're in. Cause like, imagine they were in the NL central. My God. That they'd would win, be a they'd win, that, for that they'd win that division by like probably 17 games, but easily the best top two teams in, in, in the division by far. Um, it's going to be Dodgers and Padres for a while now, considering how young both teams are and the talent and the immense talent they have. But I guess without, without further ado, let's talk about the, uh, Those the doy hairs. Yeah. The good old LA Dodgers. All right, so part of the reason I don't like the Slam Diego nickname is because the Dodgers are my second favorite team, um, <laughs> and and probably will get some heat called the front runner for that. But uh, my grandpa that uh, was a minor leaguer for the Dodgers, so yeah, I yeah, do kind of have a uh, a valid reasoning for liking the Dodgers, and I've liked them for a long time, and not just yeah, recent yeah, history. So you've always you've always rooted for them. Yeah, so uh, call me a front runner, but I don't really care. Um, I mean, the Dodgers didn't really lose much, and what they did lose, they they gained in Trevor Bauer. Honestly, um, you know, Bauer is a guy that's going to take a lot of heat just because he's he's so vocal mm-hmm. um, about things, and you know, a lot of people aren't convinced that he is as good as his last season uh, proved him to be. Um, a lot of people, you know, saying, "Oh, it was only sixty games and all this." Um, but now Bauer uh, is going to get the the stage to really go out there and um, either talk the talk or or either talk and walk the walk, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But this team is going to be this team is a oh well, again it's another wagon of a team. Um, just look at the outfield: Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock, who's no slouch. And then you go to the infield: Corey Seager, the World Series MVP, mm-hmm. Axe Muncy. Uh, Justin Turner's back. Uh, they got young guys like Gavin Lux, Chris Taylor, who um, will probably end up playing uh, all over the place. I mean, that's just what he does. Um, and Smith, he's a guy that produces Will Smith, who is an in, in, in insane offensive catcher. Um, you know, leaves a little bit up to desire defensively, but um, when you put up the numbers he does offensively as a catcher, it doesn't really matter. Austin Barnes is a guy that's there for the defensive side of it. And then you go to the rotation and <laughs> the rotation, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Tony Gonsolin, who had a great year last year for them and really broke out. And then you got Dustin May. And then you got the guy that some people are forgetting about, but David Price uh, opted out of last year. Um, is going to be back again for the Dodgers this year. Um, and the last time, uh, David Price pitched. He was very solid with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, really got the monkey off his back when it came when it came to the postseason um, in 2018, um, and ended up being very good for the uh, Red Sox. 
And then the bullpen, the, uh, the bullpen is just, it's still good. I mean, you got Blake Trinan, um, Kenley Jansen, who had a rough year last year. Julio, um, uh, Julio Uris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a guy that uh, they'll probably work like an opener um, mm-hmm. at times too, but another, they have had him come out of the bullpen. Very solid. Uh, Bruce Dar Gratterall who uh, throws a hundred and throws a hundred mile an hour sinker along with a hundred mile an hour fastball. Uh, Joe Kelly, uh, Corey Kniebel, who um, has been solid uh, in the past in his career and um, could definitely be solid again for them. Blake Trinan. I mean, this team is just so it's good. top to bottom, just stacked. And the crazy thing is it seems like they still have young prospects that oh, aren't yeah. up yet that are, you know, top of the line prospects, which is crazy to think about when you think about uh, the deals they've made and the money they've spent on guys. It's crazy to think that the Dodgers are still loaded with young talent. And even the, the, the centerpieces of their team are still young. Like Bellinger's still young. It's like, it's, it's just crazy to think about when it comes to the Dodgers. They're by far the, they're, well, first of all, they have the strongest structure and base, I think, more than any team. Because like you said, they have the best team in baseball and they still have a good farm system, which is unreal. Because usually usually it's kind of like one or the other. Usually you're not good and you have a really good farm system or you're really good. And obviously you're really good because you sold the farm to become really good. But you, you want to know why the Dodgers are good? Because the Dodgers, the Dodgers act like the team they are. They act like a big market team. And they spend the big market money that they generate mm-hmm. for Yankee fans like myself, obviously, you know, the Yankees are the Yankees, you know, they got Garrett Cole last off season and they, they paid DJ this year, but for all the old timer Yankee fans, this has been a really weird and almost annoying few off seasons because my uncle always tells me back in his day, like when he was our age, it was never a matter of if they were going to sign the top guys, it was just a matter of when, because obviously George yeah. Steinbrenner was, just he, he he gave all the players a blank check and just signed them all for however, however much money they wanted. So like, you know, you see a big market team like the Yankees kind of being more cautious now with how Steinbrenner wanting to stay under luxury tax, rightfully so. But then you see the Dodgers, you know, they trade for, they trade for Mookie Betts and then give him a huge contract. They, they bring in Trevor Bauer on huge money. They're good. They're probably going to lock money up for the amount of years it is. Exactly. They're probably going to re-sign Cody Bellinger soon. Yeah. So like, extension. like they, they act like who they should be. You know, they make the money. And what, what a lot of people for some reason are surprised by when you win the world series, you make more money as a team. So, you know, like I'm sure, I'm sure a large percentage of Bauer's money is from winning that world series in 2020. So when you really just think about them, they look like a diamond dynasty team. For yeah. those who for those who don't know what that is, that's like the, the ultimate team version in MLB in the MLB the show game. You know, you have two MVPs in the outfield, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. You have Justin MVP T- caliber shortstop. Yeah, you have an MVP MVP caliber shortstop. You have Clayton Kershaw, who's probably been. I know, I know, he always got he always got uh, heat for being terrible in the playoffs, but he definitely did better in 2020. Yeah, and, and I think on an all around basis, he's he's probably the most dominant pitcher i think me and you have ever laid eyes on mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that uh especially younger baseball fans don't really realize how good clayton kershaw was just because he hasn't been exactly. the clayton kershaw that we knew growing up and then you know uh walker bueller talk about a kid that what was it i think in 2017 he was at the world series with his girlfriend and then in 2018 he was pitching in the pitching world it, series yeah. or something and like He's another guy that plays almost like uh, he reminds me a bit of a pitching version of Bregman kind of plays with the chip on his shoulder and a bit of attitude, which I love Definitely. when he's out on the mound. Definitely. And so, and then obviously, and then they brought in Trevor Bauer. See, Bauer's an interesting, it's always interesting when, when I talk about him because you know how for a lot of people, we always say like, uh, we always say, oh, you know, like, like even it, whether they do good or bad. Yeah. You know, 2020 was weird. We can't really take those numbers too seriously the Bauer lovers and like the people that really wanted Bauer, all they did was jack up his numbers from 2020, which obviously were ridiculous. But like at the same time, those kind of people will go from saying that 
so-and-so's numbers don't really matter all oh, because it was 2020, but then Bauer's numbers are being held up on a, on a shrine. Yeah. It's the same exact thing, which it is what it is. Bauer's, you know, when Bauer's on, he's probably one of the best in baseball, which we obviously saw last year. And then he has, listen, Bauer's probably been, has had one of the most up and down careers. You have, you have memories of him doing really good. And then you have memories of him throwing the ball into the bleachers mm-hmm. when he was getting yanked back in Cleveland or uh, when he uh, was supposed to start the game and the drone incident with his hand and got cut in the uh, yeah, playoffs. For, you know, obviously he's a polarizing guy, and that's exactly just, that's what he's been his entire career. Um, yeah. Personally, uh, I like Trevor Bauer. Um, I've been a big fan of watching his vlogs and stuff from last season, mm-hmm. uh, giving an interesting insight into what it's like being a major league baseball player, um, especially in the COVID season last year and. Um, the vlogs have continued with the Dodgers, which is cool to see because now he's in a, a locker room with a lot of bigger name guys yeah. than what he was in in Cincinnati. So it's cool seeing uh, different guys on the vlog, and I'm definitely excited to see where that goes this season. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely a guy that, I mean, um, you know, when you put yourself out there that much, you're going to draw criticism and you're going to draw love, and that's just the way it is with Trevor Bauer. And um, there's nothing that's going to change that. Um I just so, think I think it's I think it's nice to like I know I know a lot of the really a lot of that hate is from more of like I feel like the old timers because obviously yeah. back in the day th- everything he does wasn't a thing. No yeah, he's definitely more into the Twitter. But to me, it's nice to see that you know like really in his vlogs, tweet tweets are one thing, all athletes tweet, but like the vlogs when you just when you watch him, you know, sitting in like you know regular clothes and just talking. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of it's kind of a nice reminder that obviously like th- these guys are people too. Yeah, they're just regular dudes. Obviously, you know, like they're they're professional athletes. They get paid millions and millions of dollars. But you know, when you hear them talk about stuff, like it's like yeah, you know, like he's like he's like a regular dude that just yeah. made. It. So I I like me too. We're in the same boat. I like Bauer. Uh, as far as the Dodgers as a whole, they're they're the favorite by a long long stretch. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely, uh, you know, they've been the the dominant force of the this division for a while now and it's definitely going to be theirs to lose but the Padres are definitely making right. a claim to being the new king of the uh at least the regular season of the NL West and it's going to be exciting to watch this unfold all season long and especially as we get later in the year and hopefully they meet again in the playoffs because that playoff series last year was electric between the two the um, NL is going to be an absolute bloodbath come playoff time yeah it's going to be a lot of fun watching the National League in the playoffs Um, so this has been the, our final preview episode for the 2021 season. Um, I definitely think we've gotten a a lot of, a lot of good conversation about where we think these teams are going to go. And I'm, I'm just pumped for it to start, man. Next week, um, we'll definitely be back with a, um, either an opening day wrap up or an opening, uh, first series wrap up of, uh, some sort, um, Definitely can't wait to be on the couch all day next Thursday watching baseball. All day. All day. Um, pumped up. Going to watch a lot of different teams, a lot of games. So excited to finally get into the season and start talking with you guys about the season. I'm sure we're going to have, um, you know, hopefully we don't have too many issues with uh, coronavirus this year um, in terms of uh, pauses and stuff. But the other leagues have had some uh, pauses and guys sitting out and stuff. But that will uh, will remain to see, and of course, we're gonna talk about everything that goes on uh, once the season starts. Um, injuries, trades, how teams are doing, all that kind of stuff. Um, definitely can't wait to get into it. Um, one big piece of news we'll throw in here uh, just at the end as we wrap up. Um, Aloy Jimenez, of course, um, power hitter for the White Sox, actually um, just found out the other day uh, he tore his left pectoral muscle. No. Uh, yeah, he's expected to wish, miss. I believe it was five to six months. I saw. So that's a big hit for the White Sox because um, that's a power bat in the middle of their lineup. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how uh, the White Sox um, first five or six months of the season play out without Aloy. Um, Oh, man. But that is the biggest piece of news I had seen in the past couple of days. Um, But there's definitely going to be a lot more to talk about when we're next on after opening day. So, Tom, any last words? Yeah, I mean, you guys are truly in for a treat because obviously me, me and two can, when it comes to the entire league, we can agree on a lot of stuff and we ha- pretty much have for the most part. 
But when me and two disagree on stuff, it is truly conversations that are worth pure gold, especially those weekends when obviously the Yankees go out to Fenway or yeah, the Red Sox. You come guys to should the be Bronx. excited for when uh, we get Red Sox Yankees going in here. Cause it's going to yeah, be a so lot of back and bet, forth. The best is just so much yet to come. You yep. guys are in for a treat. Stay for the ride because the journey is going to be great. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. See you guys next week. Thanks.